You are listening to PolicyBazaar.ae's The Policy Project. We've got you covered. Buying insurance is like fixing a leaky roof. Now, the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. So, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you all to a brand new episode of The Policy Project. I'm Sid, your host for today and your go-to person for all things insurance. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing about term insurance. But before we begin, I'd like to narrate the story of Farooq, a very close friend of mine. Now, Farooq and I were in college together and he was always, you know, that busy guy. The one guy, the one student who is part of like six different clubs and yet he manages to ace the class. Well, Farooq was a perfect example of that. So he was born a workaholic. Of course, things got busier from the time he started to go into his professional journey. And the thing was, he never took care of his health. So at uh, 38 years of age, he had a massive stroke and passed away. His family now is moving back to their home country as uh, Farooq did not make prudent insurance decisions. But guys, don't worry. We're here to make you insurance aware. So we shall discuss today everything you need to know about term insurance. And we're not alone. Today we have with us two experts who are here to share their wonderful insights with all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for our in-house insurance expert, Joseph Terence. He's the business head of life insurance at Policy Bazaar UAE. Welcome, Joseph. Uh, hi, Seth. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, pleasure to be here. And extending a warm welcome to our esteemed guest, Adil Benashor. He is the head of offering bank assurance and partnerships at Haya Insurance Company. Welcome, Adil. Hi, Seth. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate that. Awesome. Lots of questions, lots of things that we need to unravel. So let's just dive right in. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, Joseph, we start off with you. Very basic question, but one which confuses a lot of people I know, including me. What's the basic difference between life insurance and term insurance? Well, that, that's a wonderful, actually. When, in fact, I get confused when people ask me what is life insurance and what is term insurance. All right. To put it very simply, term insurance is a term-specific product, which is a pure vanilla kind of a product, which covers your death benefit and a few riders that you've taken. It doesn't have any frills of investments or anything. It's, it's for a limited term period, as you call it. It's a term insurance, right? So for a limited term, it can be five years, it can be 40 years. But when you say life insurance, it is basically bouquet of everything together, right? A whole of life plan, a universal life plan, whatever you call it, like child education, an endowment plan, everything together is called a life insurance plan. Now, it can have a, a death benefit as a basic element and you can also have an investment part to it, like Juliet Link product, right? So, this is right. uh, the basic difference. I mean, there are a couple of other things that we can speak about. The term of the plan. For a term insurance, it is limited. Whereas for a life insurance, it can go up to your age 99 or a whole of life product. If you speak about the flexibility, your life insurance policies may have multiple things that you can use. But a term product is not so flexible. You have plan thing and it's fixed, right? Everything is fixed at the beginning when you buy a plan. Term of the policy, 
term insurance policies can be bought for a limited term, say about 40 years max. Uh, but whereas right. other policies can be uh, bought for your whole of life. Now, your premiums, the term insurance policies mm. are the cheapest form of insurance that we can buy. Whereas others might be expensive because of the cost associated with, say, the whole of life or a unit link policy. I think that right. should be good enough for starters rather than getting into technical stuff and Perfect. Okay. So now that we have the basics in place, Adil, next question is for you. You heard the story of Farooq. And honestly, when us expats, we're all like Farooq in some way or the other. We put in extra effort day in and day out into the city. How would you term life insurance for Farooq if it was bought in time? That's a question, actually, that I'm sure everyone can relate to. Uh, we are all caught up with the day-to-day -day business, and sometimes we we forgot our uh, ourselves and we forget simply about, about our uh, our families. Absolutely. Here, what's important to highlight is the importance of buying a policy in time. Basically, since Farouk was a hardworking individual who contributed significantly to his family well-being, having an insurance policy earlier would have for sure ensured his family's financial security and this regardless of uh, any unforeseen circumstances. J Joseph was mentioning earlier the concept of life insurance and term life insurance. So yes. uh, those policies, those insurances basically provide coverages for a specific period in time. If Farouk had purchased a term life insurance policy in a timely manner, there are several, I would say, areas or several dimensions in which this policy could have helped his family. And I think it's worth highlighting some of them. Allow me just to mention a few. Yes, please. The first one, obviously, is to provide a financial protection to, to his loved one. Mm -hmm. uh, term life insurance, as mentioned previously, would have provided a debt benefit to Farouk's beneficiary, basically his family, in the event of him having a critical illness or actually passing away to be, to be more accurate. This financial protection would have helped his family to cope with the sudden loss of income and right. of course cover the immediate expenses that this family would face. That's the first dimension. Second dimension is of course clearing any debt and previous responsibilities that Farouk would have had. For example, if he had mortgages or student loans. Now, if in the absence of an insurance policy, those liabilities are the burden of the family, unfortunately. But the debt benefit that the family would have benefited from uh, the insurance policy would have instantly paid off all those, those debts. So I think that's worth highlighting uh, those, uh, I would say, liabilities that are not so visible, perhaps, for the dependent or for the, for the families. True that. Uh, last but not least, I think it worth highlighting that uh, in the absence of perhaps the breadwinner of the family, still the family has to cope with uh, the immediate expenses and they have to maintain their standard of living. So, for example, uh, covering anything that is related to bills, housing, education, and obviously the daily cost of living. Mm -hmm. I think that just to sum up, having term life insurance is actually, uh, of course, beneficial for the family. But most importantly, it alleviates this yeah. financial burden from any uh, liability that the family as a whole uh, would have. Brilliantly answered. But I, I do have a follow up to this. Is it mandatory to continue paying premiums regularly or uh, what is the claim process? How can one file claims? You know, the nitty gritty is once they've been through the loss how, how to go about that after that? 
No, absolutely. I think it's worth mentioning the, the specific of the premiums, uh, notably for uh, term life insurance. Uh, so paying the premiums on the life uh, insurance policy is uh, typically mandatory to keep the policy active and to ensure that the coverages are uh, enforced. Premiums are actually the regular payments that you make to the insurance company in exchange for the coverage the insurance company provides to you. Right. If you stop paying those premiums, basically there is what we call a phenomenon of the policy lapsing and mm -hmm. it becomes inactive and you and your beneficiary are no longer covered. So there is a risk here if you're not paying any longer your, uh, your policy. There is yeah. a co this concept of what we call a, a grace period where you're allowed for X, Y, Z reason. For example, your card payments are, are uh, you have changed your credit card. Uh, so you are in this bit, in these phases where uh, you're expecting a, a new payment mode. So most of the insurance company allow 30 days for you to uh, make up for this missing payments. Right. I think it's important also to highlight if we go into the nitty gritties of uh, how uh, life insurance works, there is what we call in most of the insurance plan a paid up option. So basically, uh, if you have taken, let's say, a policy term of uh, 30 years, mm -hmm. you can request your insurance company to uh, have your payment, if you allow me the word, squeezed into uh, 10 years. This gives you more flexibility to get rid of this payment, this regular payment, as soon as possible. But of course, your policy will be uh, enforced and active for the whole duration of the policy you have selected. Right, right. Okay, and uh, what about the claim approval and the claim processing? Yeah, so on the claim side, let me be a bit more specific here because unfortunately, uh, this is something that is of a concern to uh, some of the clients. Sure. So when an insured person passes away or, for example, is, is disabled or has a critical illnesses, like previously in the example of, uh, of Farouk, the beneficiary named in the policy are entitled to file a claim uh, to receive the benefit or benefits embedded into the, the policy. Right. Um, let me share with you a general overview of the claim process in most of the insurance uh, company. This is what I like to call the five-step process. Right. First and foremost, of course, you have to notify the insurance company. So mm -hmm. basically, the, the beneficiary or beneficiaries into the plan uh, should contact the insurance company as soon as possible and inform them about, for example, if we take the example of a death benefit, of, to inform them about the, the policyholder passing away. Right. Second is uh, to uh, provide the necessary uh, documentation. Essentially, we are referring here to uh, the death certificate. Mm -hmm. So we have to have, a, I mean, the industry, the insurance company, uh, us, we have to have an official document stating, unfortunately, that our uh, member has passed away. Along with that, the, there is this set of proof of ID documents to ensure that when we will disperse the payment, the payment goes through uh, the relevant and designated beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. There are other forms that insurance company may request you. For example, the claim form. Uh, usually those documents are available uh, in any insurance provider portal. But of course, the insurance company will send this set of, of forms uh, to be precise, uh, to you to fill up the basic details and uh, proceed with the payments. Lastly, uh, let me push on on, uh, on the response here. And uh, these two last steps are basically uh, managed by the insurance company. So from a customer perspective, there's nothing else to do. Mm. The first step from, on the insurance side is, of course, to process with uh, the review and the processing. 
So we'll make sure that all the information requested are here. Everything is accurate. Everything has been uh, has been communicated. So right. we will proceed with uh, the, uh, the analysis. Lastly, obviously, and this is, I think, the end of the process, we process the claim approval and the claim disbursement, which means that we are going to issue, as per the customer convenience, most of the customers are requesting checks or bank transfer. We're going to issue the agreed amount on the policy to the designated beneficiary or beneficiaries. Irrespective of the insurance provider, I think it's important to request some uh, data from the insurance company regarding their, uh, what you highlighted uh, previously, the, the claim process. At Haya, for example, all the valid claims are honored, which means that we are, we are paying them uh, to the uh, designated beneficiary or beneficiaries. Uh, there is this concept of acceptance ratio. We have an acceptance ratio of more than uh, 98%, which means that 98% of the claims that you are receiving are paid to our uh, customers, beneficiary or uh, customers uh, themselves. The ones that are not honored are usually because the benefit is not covered under the policy or simply right. because there is what we call misrepresentation. Uh, the customer mm-hmm. has not declared the, the full details. Thank you so much, Adil, for those uh, insights. And uh, now we move on to our next question. And this one, Joseph, is for you. The ideal age to buy term insurance, what is that if there is one? And uh, how much should one be buying? Interesting question. I mean, what is the right time now? Basically, now is the right time. The earlier that you buy, you get a lot of benefits. So, for example, if you buy a term insurance at age thirty, versus when you buy at age fifty, there's a lot of premium difference that you have. Absolutely. So, the earlier that you buy, the better. You are healthier when you are young, and as as you grow old, you probably would have different health conditions that might come. Or might not, but again, there is two factors. One is the health condition, and second is your uh, the basic rate that is applied on an age. Right, even if it is a standard mm. case where you're perfectly mm. healthy, still as you grow old, your premium rates would increase. Right now, talking about how much should I buy? As a thumb rule, what we say is, if your annual salary is X, you should buy 20X, like 20 times your annual salary if you're below age oh. 35, 40. If you're still a little okay. older, say if you're 45 or 50, then probably about 10 to 15 times your uh, annual salary. Whatever your annual salary is, annual earnings, that should be uh, right. a thumb rule that uh, we follow while recommending. Now, on this, if you have an extra mortgage or extra liabilities, then add on those to your whatever value you're taking. So if, if you're taking right. a 10 times your annual salary as uh, your coverage, and if you have a mortgage of about, say, 1 million extra on that, so top it up extra with 1 million. That's actually a very interesting calculation. So why do we say that as, okay, if you're a breadwinner and there's somebody who's dependent on you, like if you've got your daughter going to school, so in 20 years, probably at, at age 30, uh, another 20 years, mm. she might take to go to uh, college. So it should be enough for her yes. to, you know, enough money for that education plus saving lifestyle and enough for her to start going to college, right? So basic principle is that. And and plus inflations are there. So as a thumb rule, 20 is a good number. Okay, moving on, Adil, I'd like to come back to you. And uh, let's talk about the common mistakes that people make while buying term insurance. Ha, that's, a, that's a tricky one, but somehow I was, uh, I was waiting for it. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for having it on the, on the table. <laughs> well, uh, let me share with you, let me share with our listeners uh, at least what I 
can consider as the top three. The first one, obviously, is uh, I think it's fair to highlight nobody should underestimate their needs. So you should know exactly uh, at least a good range of what amount you would uh, need to uh, pay your mortgages, to pay the future education, the future education for your children, to maintain the standard of, uh, let's say, uh, living for your family and, and so on and so forth. So understanding your coverage needs is for me the, the, the reason uh, number one. Some people or say some customers would tend to lower this need, lower this amount in order to save few dollars, few dirhams on their premium. But right. uh, I would not recommend doing so because I don't think the this trade-off worth, I would say, the, the risk that could be taken by uh, by the customer. Correct. That would be for me reason number one. Reason number two, and I think it's, it's worth highlighting it because we, we often refer to uh, term uh, life insurance or life insurance as a as a policy that pays a death benefit, in, so that pays a payout only in case of death. Okay. But actually, we very often uh, forget to uh, talk about what we define in, in our industrial uh, industry jargon as uh, riders or add-on. So okay. term life insurance often comes with additional uh, and optional, to be fair, uh, mm-hmm. transparent riders that enhance the policy benefits. For example, okay. and, and we, we touched based on that uh, previously uh, with Farouk's story, yeah. Uh, critical illness is a rider that can be uh, selected at the beginning of the policy. So mm. as this is a disability, those benefits right. should not be, I would say, overlooked and should be considered carefully by our uh, customers when, uh, when selecting a life insurance policy. Right. Okay. Reason number three basically is ignoring uh, the health condition and delaying further the process. Mm. So... We all know, I mean, uh, health plays a crucial role in determining, in assessing the, the insurance premiums. Mm. Some individual might uh, delay purchasing uh, a policy until uh, the health issues arises. Right. Uh, which basically, in my opinion, is a bit uh, dangerous as a, as a thinking process because that can lead to higher premium. And in some severe cases, on severe scenario, I should say, even mention a, a denial of, of coverages in some instances. Right. So as, as mentioned previously by, by, by Joseph, uh, buying a policy while you're young and healthy mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the, the best choice. But again, it's, it's never too late. Um, one more thing, the insurance awareness is uh, continuously growing, as uh, you highlighted previously with the statistics, uh, yes. thanks to the effort of the, the government and the, the regulatory bodies. There is a, a strong increase in, uh, in the awareness, in the insurance awareness. Correct. Uh, therefore, I, I would not advise our customers, our, our listeners, to assume that an employer coverage is enough. Uh, mm. That can contribute, that can alleviate some burden, because usually those group coverages, those employer coverages, comes as part of an employee benefit scheme. Uh, and this is somehow what your employer is uh, paying out on your behalf. But right. in most cases, that and I go back to point number one, that is not, I would say, an adequate level of coverage that you would need. So here, this is maybe a point of attention that uh, that I would like to, to have clearly uh, on the table. That's a very important point that you made right there, especially for, for us expats who are here and who think that the uh, employer is covering everything. And then after uh, your... Uh, 
remuneration comes in and you see that nothing is covered actually it's not even for covering up 50% of the loss very important point and uh, you you just touched upon the critical illnesses so i just wanted to know okay what are these critical illnesses that are usually covered yeah so basically as mentioned previously critical illness can come as a pure standalone product so right. instead of buying a life insurance and enhance it with an optional rider, which is critical illness, you can have it as a, a separate product. What is important to mention is that either or any option that you would elect, the critical illnesses cover a certain set of uh, predefined uh, diseases, predefined uh, illnesses. And okay. uh, as mentioned previously, I would strongly advise uh, our uh, future customers, our listeners, to uh, pay attention to uh, the level of coverage that they are electing. Today, uh, in most of the medical plans, here I'm referring to health insurance, there is a, a small critical illness rider that, does, that is not comprehensive and that has very low limits. So I would not go that route and I would select a proper either critical illness product, either a critical illness rider to my in life insurance policy. Here are, for example, the, the main illnesses uh, that are covered and that would represent at least 95, 97% of the full critical illness spectrum. So you have, unfortunately, uh, the cancer, including uh, right. various types of cancers, such as breast cancers for our uh, right. female uh, customers, lung cancers, prostate cancer. Uh, and that's obviously the main uh, critical illness that most of our customers are uh, requiring. You have heart attack as a second uh, illness. And this is an increasing cause. Uh, I mean, this is an increasing disease, notably with the increased level of stress that we are uh, all facing, along with stroke. True. Absolutely. Uh, cor coronary artery bypass surgery. So when you undergo mm -hmm. this type of surgery, it's important to have the relevant level of coverage because it's, uh, of course, uh, it's a life-saving one, but it requires a, an important level of funds. Another critical illness, kidney failure. If, God forbid, somebody has to face org major organ transplant, mm. somebody that's facing a paralysis, right. uh, blindness or deafness. Also, those are increasing, I would say, uh, sicknesses and, and illnesses that we are uh, unfortunately uh, facing today. And right. last but not least, uh, what we define in our jargon as a major organ failure such as a kidney or liver. So the list can be extended up to 100 plus illnesses. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. once again, those 9, 10 uh, illnesses that we mentioned are covering almost 97% of the whole spectrum. And I would strongly recommend our listeners to uh, make sure that critical illness is part of their uh, product, uh, I would say, uh, benefit. And uh, if anything is needed by the customers, uh, the team at Policy Bazaar and Haya are always there to help them out. Absolutely. We're here to support. Fantastic. So the rest of the conversation with the two guests, it will be done in the part two of the episode. Keep tuned in. You were listening to PolicyBazaar.ae's The Policy Project. We've got you covered.